0: This is a Radio.com original.
1: This is Coronavirus Daily, World on Pause. I'm Charles Feldman. KNXRadio.com studios in Los Angeles. And I'm Mike Simpson. And we're here to talk, of course, about the coronavirus pandemic. Excitement growing over a vaccine
0: for the virus doesn't mean it'll go away right away, though viruses are tricky like that. We have a flu vaccine, yet millions of people get the flu every year. COVID might never go away because of animals.
1: So we'll explain that. Hmm. Of all the puzzling things about this virus, the biggest mystery is why it hits some people hard, while others don't even know they have it new findings will have you kind of scratching your head. Ohio's
0: governor, one of the first governors in the country to take this whole thing pretty seriously, so might be a surprise to find out now that Mike DeWine has the virus.
1: Unless you're a hermit, you have a COVID-19 bubble. Now, we'll, we'll explain what exactly that is and the best and safest way to expand it
0: slowly expanding the bubble this comes as no surprise several virus cases have been reported within just a day or two of students returning to classes in reopened districts in mississippi and georgia so we'll head there to find out what's going on
1: let's start with the vaccine and if we will ever rid the earth of covid19 kcbs's stan bunger talked with timothy sheehan a virologist at the university of north carolina about if the virus will have to be managed instead of eradicated.
2: Yeah, that's a great it's a great question. Um and it's a very interesting thing to to think about. Um and it, yeah, it's hard to know um you know if um if we gain herd immunity by vaccination or through natural infection if that will be enough to drive this virus to extinction, but um to add kind of another wrinkle to an, an already complex situation is the potential for this virus to invade other animal species um, and to create new animal reservoirs throughout the earth.
1: And there are a lot of animals out there and they don't get flu shots. So no. <laughs> <laughs> that's really I mean, and, and the assumption then that if this emerged from a non-human population transferred to humans, that it could simply go the other way too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's a precedent for this, um, for lots of different coronavirus, um, but even one with this coronavirus that causes COVID-19. So um, there's a situation in the Netherlands on a mink farm where a worker at the farm um, transferred the virus to the minks in the farm, and the minks gave it back to the people that worked there and ultimately resulted in lots of minks um, getting culled. Um, and there's also a story about um, some big cats, some, some tigers at the Bronx Zoo acquiring the virus from uh, people that work at the, it's definitely possible, but it's impossible to know the extent to which this might happen.
1: You, you know, this isn't the only coronavirus on the planet. We call it the coronavirus, but people like you know better. Uh, the other ones that we know of, have we been able to, what happens to them as they travel around with different, uh, different genetic populations, different animal populations?
2: The, the viruses, the coronaviruses that circulate across the Earth that cause the common cold, um, that we're exposed to every season. Um, you know, it's thought that these were once animal-associated viruses. Um, and so you know they could have been a cow virus or a bat virus you know hundreds to thousands of years ago Um, and now um, you know they cause um, you know the common cold and not super severe disease so you know that's one potential um, outcome of this virus and that's you know as we um, gain some immunity um, you know maybe this Ends up being a seasonal um, and not so uh, a a seasonal issue um, that doesn't cause super severe disease, just more like common cold
1: symptoms. In general, is it easy to say, or is this too too broad a thing to say about uh, the places where humans and animals intersect and these viruses transmit? Are there certain kinds of animals that we seem to share uh, the ability to get sick from these dangerous viruses?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. It's it's only um I think uh, you know our knowledge of how um, prevalent coronaviruses are in, in wild animals, um, that knowledge is is currently um, uh, expanding um, and has been for the past maybe ten years or so um, But, yeah, it's hard to know, like, what we need to look out for, um, especially with this virus when we really don't have a deep understanding of what the host range is. So, like, we don't really know, um, you know, what kinds of animals are susceptible to infection and what animals are not.
1: New research out of South Korea shows just how bizarre this virus really is, or maybe it just shows how different our immune systems really are. Researchers found that asymptomatic people infected with the virus carry the same amount of virus in their nose, throats, and lungs as those who are severely sick.
0: Dr. Marta Gallia is a cell molecular biologist at Tufts University. So, doctor, if you're sitting next to someone who doesn't know if they're sick and they're breathing out the same amount of virus as someone who would be coughing, sneezing, uh, that could be bad because you could end up getting it.
3: Yes. So what the study shows is that if you measure the virus based on the current test, which is to look for the genome of the virus in the air, um, in the nose, and uh, samples from the sputum, for the spit of uh, people who tested positive, the amount of virus you detect looks pretty similar to a group of of people who actually develop symptoms. And I think one of the interesting things is because all of the people that they tested were people who tested positive and were made to quarantine in a facility, so they were followed. They really, really know that they, about um, something like a third of the, of the sample of the people that um, they really didn't develop any symptoms over the course of over a month. So there's been a debate over where, whether there's really transmission from people who are asymptomatic or it's just people who are about to get sick and they don't know yet. And this paper sort of says, well, um, you can have the same amount of virus and have no symptoms whatsoever. And so, yes, from a sociological point, point of view, you, unless you had a reason to get tested and you found out, you probably would just be going about your life normally.
1: Now, I, I presume, though, that this is only for a a finite period of time. I mean, the people who are truly asymptomatic but who harbor this virus in their nose and throat, I mean, it doesn't go on for months and months, does it?
3: No, actually, in the study, what they did is that they tested people regularly. And I think they released them from this uh, place where they were quarantining them if they tested negative, I think, twice. And so they also know exactly how long it took for them to become negative. And actually, it was quite a long time. So they, after they tested positive and started quarantine, they um, it took about three weeks for the majority of them to test negative. So, yes, it's not... It's not that you would you would be going around for months uh, shedding virus necessarily, but it could be still a couple of weeks.
0: I guess you're shedding it less though, right? If I'm not sneezing and I'm not coughing, I'd have to be a heavy breather or right next to somebody or in a room with them with not a lot of good ventilation right
3: I think that is that is kind of an underlying assumption that there still may be other just because we find the RNA of the virus in this Patients at the same level doesn't necessarily mean that they transmit at the same level, but at least that there's the potential that they could. Um, So, yes, you're right. If they cough less, um, they may expel fewer particles. But on the other hand, if they don't know they're sick, they're less likely to be at home Or if they
0: don't feel yeah. sick. They're, they're not less staying likely on to the, be at home. the couch or in okay. bed, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And and hence the yeah. reason for wearing a mask, right? That that because you may not know that you're you're infected, and you may never know you're infected, unless you get a, a test. Uh, so by wearing the mask, you prevent somebody from getting it, right?
4: Yes,
3: yeah, that's exactly why. And I think that is also why there was a, a controversy about masks at the beginning because we didn't know. We we assumed at the very beginning that only people who showed symptoms would be able to transmit. So then, if you wore a mask, if you had symptoms, that should be enough. But now that we think that you could never have symptoms and transmit, then you it's better if everybody wears a mask because you could unwittingly be um, producing virus and not knowing.
0: Does it make sense to you? Because there was a thought that has been talked about before that you know when it comes to the viral load, if you only Get a little bit of this if you come into contact with less of a degree than somebody else would, you know, from a cough or a sneeze. That then, that's how you develop the asymptomatic case, and you can get through this easier. But everybody has the same level. It, it sounds out. It, it turns out in this study.
3: I think once it gets in my sense, that it would be propagating. Maybe it'd take a little bit longer, but it would eventually be propagating within the system to the same level. So you could start with different amounts and still have different. And maybe the amount that you get at the beginning would determine how sick you get. But we really don't know. That's the thing. I think partly it's it's a new virus. So a lot of those questions normally are explored in experiments with animals, sometimes even with vol- human volunteers. And, and also, of course, we haven't done any, any of that with this virus because it's new.
1: A uh, quick, um, quick uh, question here. We're running out of time, I'm afraid, doctor. But, but the, the, uh, is this unusual for a virus? Is there something about this virus that sets it apart from others, or do other viral infections do the same thing, have asymptomatic people walking around potentially spreading it?
3: I would say probably some viruses, yes. Not all viruses. It really depends on the virus.
1: Um,
3: and, and I think I, I would suspect there are other viruses that do the same. Uh, actually, for example, herpes viruses, people harbor for a long time, and then sometimes they reactivate and you produce a little bit of virus and you may be transmitting it, even though you don't realize that you're having symptoms at all. So there are other viruses that work this way, it, it, but it's really highly dependent on the virus. Hmm. Some viruses do, some, some virus don't.
0: Dr. Marta Gallia, cell molecular biologist, Tufts University. Doctor, thank you.
1: Ohio Governor Mike DeWine was among the very first governors in the country to lock down part of his state's economy and to call for wearing masks in public. Well, now he has COVID-19.
0: This comes just as he was about to meet with President Trump. He took a test right before that. Dr. Michael Oglesby directs the Infectious Disease Institute at Ohio State. So, doctor, does anybody know how the governor, where the governor picked this up?
5: We don't know how. The, uh, the contact tracing has not been complete. But, I, you know, we have to separate two issues. You know, first of all, uh, through his actions, uh, what has been our experience in the state overall in terms of uh, keeping this pandemic somewhat under control and, and versus uh, his obvious exposure uh, personally. And so, you know, really, um, I think what this says is that Governor DeWine could practice all of the best measures of hand washing, mask wearing, distancing, um but you know he's really at risk um, as a result of the behavior of the people that he interacts with.
0: Yeah, I guess you can apply that to everybody who's moving around some because they have to, especially essential workers. This can be for everybody going out and people who do have to go to their jobs and circulate in groups, because I guess they're not too worried about a lot of his staff having to quarantine because they do a lot on video. But, I mean, he's the governor. He's got to go places and he eventually has to be meeting with people. And that's how he could have picked this up.
5: Right. And, you know, the more different people you interact with, the greater the risk. And so he can be wearing a mask. but. You know, this is the reminder that mask wearing is not protecting the person wearing the mask um, for the most part. It's diminishing any viral setting um, that may be occurring in somebody that doesn't know they're infected. So, you know, his mask wearing is great as a protection to others.
1: Can this um, the fact that he's now tested positive, can this backfire uh, in an unfortunate way in that people in Ohio might say, well, you know, see there, uh, here's a guy who's wearing a mask. He's telling everybody that we should social distance. And despite all the things that you mentioned and why he may have nonetheless been exposed to it and been infected by it, it it might lead some people to go, well, why bother doing all this? You're going to get it one way or the other.
5: Yes I mean there will be uh, a group that embraces that interpretation unfortunately and you know I'm, that's a very difficult thing to uh, for me to understand because um, if you just step back and, and think through what mask wearing is actually doing um, you know the situation is understandable uh, but of course mask wearing has become so politicized uh, that I'm sure that some will draw that conclusion.
0: How frustrating is that for you?
5: Let's say it's exceptionally frustrating. I mean, I you know I walk through the three steps. Uh, this virus replicates to very high levels in your nasal cavity when you breathe or speak. You shed it in small droplets. A mask will capture those droplets, protecting others. You know, therefore, uh, mask wearing will decrease transmission, and it's. It's that simple, um, but I'm amazed at, at the links that people go to argue around that utility. Um, and you know, we, we actually have published data, epidemiologic data, saying it works. So uh, when when people push back on that, it's um, in my mind there have to be other motivators that really don't have anything to do with an understanding of how the disease spreads.
0: It's Dr. Michael Oglesby, directs the Infectious Disease Institute, Ohio State. Doctor, thanks.
1: Earlier, we uh, mentioned that everyone has a kind of COVID-19 bubble, that is except hermit. So, they see no one. Yeah, they see absolutely no They're in like the ultimate bubble. So what is a bubble? Your bubble is the kind of people you hang around with during the pandemic, whether it's just the person or people you live with or friends and extended family, but you might be tired of being around the same people all the time.
0: I've asked all the questions. I've learned all the things. What more is there to these people? Yeah. It might be time to expand the bubble. Yes,
1: I want another bubble.
0: <laughs> Coming into the bubble, Dr. Teresa Sweets, Associate Professor of Epidemiology, Biostatistics at Drexel University. She talks to KYW's Charlotte Reese about how to safely expand your bubble.
6: So, you know, obviously everything with, comes with some risk and you just... On a personal level, you need to weigh your risk and, and what you're willing to risk. So I can I can just tell you on a personal level that I have had social interactions with uh, a few friends, but one we we haven't hugged, we haven't shaken hands, you know, we don't touch, and we don't meet inside their homes. You know, we we would meet in the backyard perhaps, where we can keep socially distanced. Or we might meet in a park, but again, we're, where we're not very close to each other. So we can still talk to each other. We can still bring our individual food or drink and have a nice, relaxed conversation over food and drink. But again, we're not smacked up next to each other. And that I think is, you know, relatively, it is not risk-free, um, but it would be considered, I would consider that low risk um, as long as everybody that you're meeting with has been following all of the social distancing and mask protocols.
7: Right, and let, let's talk about sports then because I think sports is a great example of the bubble that a lot of people know. And it's even kind of an experiment, right? We have a lot of different forms of bubbles with the NBA in Disney. The UFC is going to rent an island. OK. And um, I do know, have you ever watched Big Brother? Um, I haven't, but I know what it is. Yes. Right. So they're starting their season. And I mean, I just keep looking at all of these things as like a health experiment that we're all watching. I mean, could sure. th- could these things work like testing everybody and just like keeping them in one spot? So,
6: yeah, with the NBA, for instance, their bubble is uh, so just so they can finish out the season. Uh, right? And so the start of the next season at this point, they're not sure what, what they're going to do, but this was just to finish the season. So it's for a decent chunk of time, but it's not for six months or more. My question is, can people stay in this bubble, right? They're staying in a hotel for six months or more. Is that physically possible for them or are they just, you know, not, not going to be able to do that? But for the short term, so your question is, is that possible? You know, this whole bubble thing. And I mean, it appears mostly to be working for the NBA. I think there were a couple players, right, that stepped outside the bubble. I think one individual stepped out to uh, get some takeout food and he went a little bit past the barrier where he was supposed to be. Um, and so those, those people are quarantining. From what I understand with the NBA bubble, they're testing every player and coach and staff person who's in that bubble every day which is uh, from a public health standpoint i I understand why they're doing it um it has to be pretty costly Wouldn't, wouldn't you say if they uh keep doing that for one thing
7: cost is definitely a a factor in this and then as you said trust is too i mean can people really trust other people to follow the rules
6: sure but with the nba bubble the the players and the staff are living in this bubble but i believe that the Hotel employees are not being forced to quarantine with the players. They are still able to go home and come back. So, um, But but once they're in the hotel working, they're supposed to keep their distance from the players. So even their bubble isn't totally risk-free. There's still going to be some interaction with people who uh, go to the outside world who are hopefully following proper social distancing and mask usage when they are outside of, of the hotel, which is, I assume, why they're still testing every single player and staff person every day, because they they could theoretically still come in contact with a hotel employee who is not uh, living within that bubble. But then compare what's going on in the NBA to what's going on with uh, Major League Baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're not living in the bubble, they're traveling... And, you know, all it takes is, you know, we saw with the Florida team, right? All it takes is, is perhaps one individual. They, they still don't know how it started, but one individual perhaps who was infected. And then these guys are on a bus together or on a plane together. Um, they're living in close quarters. They're practicing together. And you can see how it, it spread through. I, I think uh, about half of the team um, was infected so you can see how not being in a bubble could really start spread of this uh, disease within each individual team.
1: Most schools across the country are closed because of concerns the virus could spread rapidly on campuses. Now, that didn't stop some districts in Mississippi and Georgia from reopening, but that might have been a huge mistake.
0: Several cases reported hundreds of teachers, students now in quarantine. With us is Dr. Jennifer Bryan, president of the Mississippi State Medical Association, and Dr. Erica Russell Petty, pediatrician and president of the Georgia State Medical Association. Dr. Russell Petty, starting with you, a picture in a high school in Georgia went all over the internet. Students pack in a hallway, not a lot of masks. It looks like a normal school day. So, what was your thought when you first saw that?
4: Well, I think that all of the schools and everyone across the country um, is aware of the recommendations of the CDC that once the schools reopen, that they should maintain the social distancing, as well as the recommendations that everyone wear a face mask. And um, and so I'm not sure why the, the school did not follow those recommendations.
1: Dr. Jennifer Bryan in uh, Mississippi. Uh... I suppose that these are kind of very early warning signs to places all over the country that are eager, and understandably so, to reopen schools, get kids back into classrooms. Nonetheless, uh, what happened in Georgia and what happened in your state are not very good signs.
8: Well, I I agree with you that this virus is highly contagious, and we expect it to spread. In fact, we know going to spread. Um our our town of Corinth here um worked very closely with the state health officer and really had some wonderful precautions in place. And so we kind of uh, look at this as dipping our toe in the water here to see how it's going to going to go. We know that currently there are 116 people quarantined at that school and about um three cases. So Um, You know, we expect cases, we expect quarantines, and and we're just going to see how this goes. Um, But yes, I expect it to get worse before it gets better.
0: I guess there's the I told you so crowd, right? Because there were all these reports of summer camps trying to get going. And people were saying, look, if you can't get the camps with the small populations to to get off the ground, we're never going to have schools be able to do it. So was this worry in the back of your mind?
8: Sure, it's always in the back of our mind, um, but I, th- I keep calling it the psychology of a pandemic. You know, people are having to process what this means and how we do this. We know it's important for a lot of reasons to have kids in person in school. We also know it's extremely difficult, and we're going to have problems from it. But it really, we call it leading from the middle. We've, we've got to take care of issues on both sides, and there it's the public health versus public health argument is very real.
1: Uh, Dr. Russell Perry, back to you, Petty, back to you in in Georgia. You were saying just before that it's still not clear what happened, what went wrong in this one particular school. But isn't that kind of the problem? Is that when you're dealing in a school environment with kids, um, certainly younger kids, but even up to and including high school aged uh, students, it's really difficult to keep them from not socializing from you know not uh, discarding masks from not doing all the things that kids like to do uh, don't you think this is going to happen over and over and over again
4: I do think that it will and um I think that the the main thing is to hopefully have the schools i know across the state including here in in the county where i am that we are going virtual initially until we can see the numbers going down with the covid um the rate of infection in the across the state before having the children go back to school in person and because we do know that once the children go back to school in person, that it's going to be very hard to be able to continue to keep them socially distanced and to continue to have them to wear their their face masks all the time. And so I think that once the numbers are going down, like it is in some states like New York, that we will then be at a place where we can take that risk.
0: Dr. Bryan, on that kind of a note, too early for this? I mean, school is, look, parents want the kids to go learn. Kids need to see the other kids. But some of this is it just we're not there yet and this is the reward for getting the case numbers down is going back to something as normal as, as getting to school?
8: Right, so we, I mean our medical association here called for a statewide delay of school start so we could get our numbers down. Um, there are other things at play there and we do have kids that need nutrition and parents have to work and so our governor rolled back 7th to 12th grade um, and then a lot of districts are going virtual. It's really on a, a school district level. so. Yes, I think in some places it's way too early, depending on the level of community transmission. But I think also, as you said, that carrot approach where we tell the community, look, each one of us is responsible for our own behavior. And if we bring down community transmission, school can happen relatively safely. But we've got to do this smart.
0: Dr. Erica Russell Petty, pediatrician, president of the Georgia State Medical Association, Dr. Jennifer Bryan, family medicine physician, president, Mississippi State Medical Association doctors. Thank you.
1: How your body reacted the last time you caught a cold just could impact your chances of getting COVID-19. A new study from the La Jolla Institute for Immunology shows that some people who have never been infected with COVID-19 have immune responses to it because they've been exposed to what was essentially older cousins. Now, there are four other coronaviruses which can cause the common cold. One of the study authors says scientists are still figuring out exactly what this all means, but it is possible that people with immune responses to the common coronavirus that causes a cold may be less likely to get COVID 19. These are
0: the people who like go to Vegas and then they go, Oh, I'll just throw in a quarter and then they pull the the slot and it's like ding <laughs> ding 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 ding. These are those people.
1: I'll just see how it goes.
0: Uh, the radio.com app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I'm gonna and- go
1: out and try to catch a, a regular cold now and, and maybe that'll help. See
0: if you could help. Yeah. Someone sneeze on him. <laughs> Thanks for listening.